that intersection of uh, innovation and creating new knowledge and actually applying it is what excites me the most. So the, what I liked about academia was like the, the very deep knowledge and getting into a subject and being uh, um, uh, a subject uh, matter expert. But uh, at the same time, I saw a lot of um, research for research sake, uh, which isn't a bad thing, just wasn't for me. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leumi Tech, sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Opwest Labs, Turing, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Creating medical devices using technology is pretty different than developing other types of startups. Meet Inbal Landsberg, Chief Business Officer of MedEx Accelerator LP. Inbal has an intensive scientific background with a PhD in bioinformatics from Tel Aviv University and postdoc in bioinformatics from Stanford University. She is the founder of two companies, one in biospecimen procurement and the other in personalized supplement recommendation. Inbal Landsberg, welcome. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me. Uh, It is my honor. Uh, PhD in bioinformatics. You're going to tell me a little bit about what that means in a second. From Tel Aviv University, postdoc from Stanford, uh, today uh, working with MedEx Accelerator, uh, all about digital tech in healthcare devices, uh, medical, you know, an industry that is probably the most important one to be diving into today, we've seen over the past year the incredible advancements. I can only imagine how exciting it is to be running an accelerator for this industry in in these times. And I'm excited to hear a little bit about you and about your journey and how you got to where you are. So Inbal, take me all the way back. You know, what what really got you into this space? Uh, Well, I always liked biology ever since I was uh, a third grader, I think. (laughs) Um, so that was always in the background, uh, most fascinating um, subject. And I started off um, trying to heal cancer, as any other biology student will tell you the reason that they signed up. And then I found out I didn't like the labs um, at all. And I thought, well, computational could be a good solution. So what, what, what is the labs that when you're saying the labs, what do you mean? The, the biology lab, uh, actual being like a, a, a laborant. Like uh, wearing a white coat and uh, mixing. The white coat, yeah, mixing up, heating up. It's a lot like cooking. If you like cooking, then typically you like that. I was not that great at it. And I did not like that. And I did like biology and i don't like just you know, like repeating something i like doing something and then moving on to the next thing and learning a lot and then kind of moving and all the time and in a lab you have a lot of repetition so i decided that wasn't for me and then at the same time i discovered the computational biology which was kind of uh, booming up it was the age of uh, the human genome so that was uh, sounded exciting, and I decided to enter uh, bioinformatics. So you you decided to enter that world both with a PhD from Tel Aviv University. Tell me a little bit about your work with Stanford. Uh, obviously, a place that's also very close to to my heart. You also uh, worked quite a bit with Sloan uh, School of Business. So, what what was that environment like for you? 
Yeah, so Stanford was really a, a place I wanted to get to. I visited one summer and then I decided that's where I'm studying. And uh, I'm so happy and grateful it ended up that way because it's a really a vibrant and exciting place to be. Um, I kind of uh, had uh, the opportunity to do something very similar to what I did in my PhD. So that was kind of like a more natural continuation of same subject, uh, protein structure and uh, binding site and finding binding site. I worked at uh, Russ Altman's lab uh, there. At, uh, and, and so you're sitting there, Bio-X. the intersection with business and product and you know the the you know i'm saying on one hand you're saying i don't want to be you know in a lab with white coats i want to do you know more the computational stuff but at the end you know your day to day today is centered all around this integration of the research with society right i mean that's i i'm assuming that's what takes what that's what happens in this incubation that you're running uh, first of all i'm not running <laughs> i'm just the, uh, the business officer <laughs> We have a CEO, his name is Shai Poliker. He's running the incubator, just to be uh, accurate about that. Um, so I think, yeah, that intersection of uh, innovation and creating new knowledge and actually applying it is what excites me the most. So the, what I liked about academia was like the, the very deep knowledge and getting into a subject and being uh, um, uh, a subject uh, matter expert. but. Uh, at the same time, I saw a lot of um, research for research sake, uh, which isn't a bad thing, just wasn't for me. Um, and I was much more excited about actually finding something that can make a difference in the world and in the world and be translated into actual products. And um, at Stanford, they have uh, all kinds of entrepreneurship programs, and I was uh, lucky enough to uh, be in the summer uh, program, summer uh, program for entrepreneurship, and I got the bug. And ever since, I uh, I founded startups. I worked on on uh, in corporate right. in on innovation, uh, getting startups. Uh, as part of it and, and in the incubator. So it's been around that area. Right. Tell me a little bit about research, you know, for the sake of research versus, you know, application uh, of what it could be for society. Because it sounds like, you know, coming from your perspective, both, you know, deep into academia, so very technical, very research oriented, at the same time, understanding that, you know, there is there is a gap between, you know, the, the research aspect and the implementation for society. What 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 sort of have you learned about this struggle or this dissonance over over your years in the space? So I think um, many of us um, and I'm talking from academia for a second, uh, we don't learn how to think business at all. People can graduate and don't know how to read the contract or don't know how to think about markets, don't have basic vocabulary of what a market need is, never seen a procedure done in an operational room or even at, in video. Um, so there's a, there are so many gaps that um, kind of um, 
stream people into staying uh, with the same line of thinking, which is academic only. And I think that's, that's a big uh, gap that exists. And I think part of what we all need to be doing is provide more of these tools as part of basic education and definitely um, academic education. So do you see it as primarily an education issue that it needs to be taught in academia in a you know, in a school setting, is that is that in your mind, you know, what would help a lot of people that are already in academia get exposed to this? Yeah, I think this is part of it, um, a, a big part of it. And you can see um, the difference between people that were exposed to industry early on and people that were not. And in the way of thinking, there's a lot of um, kind of... Uh, ivory tower type of thinking that this is uh, superior and such. And if you go to industry, you hear a lot of the same, but just the other way around. <laughs> so it's just, uh, I don't think any of them are correct. It's just that we need to provide the tools for both and early on as possible. So do you see yourself fact, as sort of the connector in the middle between these two worlds right now? Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm the connector. I'm just a chain. <laughs> there are many uh, of us. Um, it's uh, the tech transfer offices and uh, on one side and uh, the incubators and accelerators on another side. And then uh, once we are also just part of the chain. And then later on, you have the, the corporates and they have their own divisions of early stage innovation because what's mature for us is still early for others. And so it's just a, a long, long chain. So tell me a little bit more about Medex Accelerator. You know, what is it about? You know, what what is sort of the vision and, and how does it actually play into the ecosystem around us? Okay, so we are uh, an incubator, despite the name, we are an incubator uh, for medical devices. And uh, we work with uh, one of the biggest players, which is uh, Boston Scientific and uh, other investors, Medex, uh, Medex Ventures and uh, Shiba, a medical center. And so uh, with all of these partners, uh, we actually invest in early stage companies and projects. Sometimes it's just uh, a need a clinical need with nothing else. And we bring on um, the team and create the IP and kind of build the company ground up. And sometimes we get lucky and we find uh, kind of more mature startups uh, that are ready to go and just looking for seed investment. And we invest in them um, so a little short of uh, $1 million. Uh, and we... Um, kind of uh, incubate them for two years and bring them to whatever their next milestone is, which can be funded for round A. And we had uh, quite a few success stories. What is the incubation process any different for companies that are coming in, you know, in the medical devices space that are coming to you versus, you know, some that may come to other accelerators or other incubation programs? Is there you know, a difference in mentality or process that, that is unique to medical devices? Yeah. Um, I don't know if the process is unique because it's for medical devices, but I can say and um, that's different. And I can say because I uh, was fortunate enough to, to work uh, 
in a, a tech transfer office and also see other incubators and how, how they work before coming uh, to Medex uh, Accelerator is that um, here the involvement is, is, uh, is really hands-on. We have uh, weekly meetings uh, with the CEOs. Uh, every aspect of it, uh, we write uh, presentations together as a team. It's not like there's an entrepreneur and there's management and they have to present. It's, it doesn't work that way. It's just a team of people working uh, together. Um, also, entrepreneurs working with one another. It's a very um, kind of cooperative type of uh, working environment. And I think that makes a lot of yeah, tell me a few of the of the fun success stories from uh, from Medix Accelerator. I'd love to hear about them. Okay, um, so we are quite a young incubator, uh, been around for about four years now. So the, we have one cohort that graduated, and uh, in that uh, we had uh, Caps Medical um, that um, did a very successful round A uh, of about 4 million, I think there, there was. Um, they, they do a cold plasma uh, for solid tumors. That's one of the, the major successes uh, out of the incubator. And we had endoways uh, that does disposable robotics um, that was actually purchased uh, by Ascendum uh, just, uh, just this year. Um, others, Xero Medical, which is just... Uh, fundraising now and, and uh, addresses uh, anastomotic leaks. So these are leaks uh, in the GI uh, gastrointestinal uh, system after uh, typically colorectal cancer. And so they have this devastating state of uh, people um, looking great after the surgery, but then developing over a few days a leak, which could be life-threatening. And so they have um, a device an implantable device that's biodegradable and you can detect it very early on where you can still save life and and, and do something about and it. And so, you know, how does your day-to-day -day look like in a, in a place like this? You know, whether it's during a cohort, preparing for a cohort, I'm sure it's two, uh, two different mindsets. Uh, but what is your, what is sort of your day-to-day -day like within a medical devices incubator? So there are a few different pillars uh, the business development. I'm in charge of the deal flow. So this is a project coming in. So uh, we do um, meetings and interviews uh, with uh, entrepreneurs trying to evaluate projects. We see about uh, 20, 30 a month. And uh, we choose about three or four a year. <laughs> So that's a lot of filtering to do. So we move the, the projects kind of uh, down the funnel uh, from lead to qualified lead to do full-blown due diligence and with growing um, involvement. Uh, At what stage are they coming to you in, in their life cycle? Yeah, it really varies. Um, some come when they already have a developed product, but that you couldn't sell. And they need to um, shift and we help them find a new indication. That's one way about it. Um, others come with a paragraph. Uh, this is the need that I've uh, found. And, and actually, we, we like both. 
Wow. So, that's that's very, very cool. And so, you know, if you're looking at, you know, medical devices and for somebody who's, you know, outside of the space and doesn't really know much about, you know, med- medical devices or or, you know, really what, what it's what it's like to to go into that space. You know, I'm thinking of myself as a young entrepreneur. I realized that, you know, these sorts of companies are some of the most, you know, life-changing ones. And uh, and I'm thinking, what 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 can outsiders do to put themselves into this space? You know, somebody who doesn't, you know, study computational biology or a biologist, what can they do to come in and, and make an impact in the in the space specifically? So I think um, we all have some degree of um, exposure to health on our daily lives. Uh, we all have relatives and, and issues ourselves. So whenever you found something that doesn't have a good answer, a good medical answer, that's always a good place to start. So finding um, the, the, the problem, the issue, something that doesn't work for you, if it's uh, inconveniency going to a diagnosis um, or just a some hurtful procedure or find the need. So the most important thing is the need. Right, find, finding the need. Uh, and I'm sure that part of the challenge is also understanding and identifying what the need could be, uh, especially when you're when you're not a domain expert in a space like this. And if we're looking you know, a few years down the line, are there any interesting observations that you're thinking about or you're seeing interesting movements, especially, you know, over this last year, anything that we can, you know, look forward to either optimistically or pessimistically? Mm, well, uh, foreseeing the future is always difficult, uh, but definitely we see a lot of uh, digital uh, health getting into. Um, I don't think that that's news to, to anyone, but you see it more and more um, taking taking up space and, and getting into uh, many of the devices. So, I think about half of them have uh, some type of algorithm uh, to some type of data component and algorithm um, as part of the device itself. So that's, we see that more. Um, just, well, we have one project that kind of in the spirit of COVID uh, with chest physiotherapy uh, company, a very promising company called the Synchrony Medical, um, which I think we will see may, more of. So a lot of uh, post-COVID um, issues are uh, chest physiotherapy and venous uh, problems. So I think we might see more of those uh, solutions. Wonderful. Inbal, thank you very, very much for joining me. I have a few fun questions left. Are you ready? Okay, so. we'll start off easy and we'll get a little complicated down the way. Uh, first off, your favorite subject in school? That's easy. Biology. I think we started with that. When, when did you start with biology? When was the first time you got exposed to biology? Uh, third grade, I was in, in a special uh, program for uh, excellent students. And there was a specific lesson that I remember that the teacher showed us how the um, how the blood works and antigens. And I said, this one, I want to learn that. <laughs> I love it. Okay. One of your role models or somebody that you look up to that really inspires you? Hmm. Well, I don't think I have a one specific person. I try not to idolize anyone in specifically, but I do try to uh, take 
characteristics from people. So I try to imitate, like do my actions like someone. So I uh, uh, try to give presentations like uh, Shai and I try to do small talks uh, like David and uh, I try to host like uh, Karen. So that, that type of uh, behavior. Very cool. And the last question, three words that you would choose to describe yourself. Mm. Difficult. Um, I would say uh, achiever <laughs> and a mom and uh, outdoors. I love it. Inbal, thank you very, very much. And uh, best of luck with everything. And um, thank, thank you for helping, you know, companies, early stage, medium stage, whatever stage it is, making a positive impact and continuing to grow. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and until then, you know, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you.